Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Episode 114 of the Talking Fires podcast. Ben Fadden is your host. Thank you very much for listening, watching, watching on YouTube, listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're getting this. I appreciate it. Could be doing a lot of other things uh, on a Saturday other than this, so I appreciate it. Uh, but we got some baseball to talk about. The lockout updates are the, you know, that's the big point of this episode. I didn't have an episode yesterday. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, but as for today, there is still, there's more to talk about, but it's not like so significant, like in terms of movement of the two sides, the players and the league moving close to one another. Um, so we'll get to those updates. Uh, if you didn't see the announcement about my first sponsorship for the show, we'll get to the first ad read uh, later in the episode for that as well. So I'm pumped for that relationship starting. Um, and again, thank you for coming along on this ride for episode 114. So first started off the players and the owners, they met on their own today in Jupiter, Florida for about two and a half hours to begin the day. Then the two sides reconvened uh, with each other for 10 minutes. The player association made a proposal to the owners. Then the owners went back amongst themselves, Dick Montfort, Al Steinbrenner, the Rangers owner, some other owners as well. They went amongst themselves and discussed it for another couple of hours. Um, And after that player proposal, is kind of where obviously things went south a little bit. Um, The meetings weren't great. They did not end up being great in terms of any progress happening. Um, The Rangers owner, Ray Davis, I thought this was an interesting tidbit to include in this. He arrived 10 to 20 minutes after that 10 minute meeting, I believe, between the league and the players. So, to add to all of the bad stuff that's happening, you know, the sides not moving close to one another and all that, you add that to the fact that now you have owners showing up late to meetings. That's not a good look at all. Um, That is a look that says that the owners don't really care. They don't have urgency about getting a season started on time. One, they're meeting at one o'clock and noon Uh, and they're just wasting time. They could be meeting at like 10 a.m., but that's not what's happening. Uh, What's happening is they're instead, you know, waiting to meet until like one o'clock, and then, so it's just a bad look now for owners to be showing up late, you know, to meetings now. It's just, there's no sense of urgency at all, Um, and especially the owner that showed up late was the one guy that gave a combined, you know, almost $600 million to two infielders before the lockout happened. So it's just a bad look on uh, Ray Davis's part, the owner, um, and just shows that lack of urgency. Jeff Passan of ESPN reported among the, t- uh, among the things in the Players Association's proposal today was them backing off of Super 2s and of revenue sharing S and changes to the competitive balance tax request. So they, this, was bef- this tweet came out before the actual information came out. 
about what the exact details were of the proposal. Um, so there was optimism on my part, at least. I tweeted out some, something with you know optimism because you know having news of Jeff Passan reporting that the players were moving a little bit, seemed like they were compromising a little bit. That gave you optimism, uh, but it doesn't. Now, when the information came out, the exact numbers and all that, which happens when the meeting's over, the players and the owners, whoever decides to leak it to the evangelists of the world and all that, when those numbers came out, that optimism went away, sadly. Um, Evan Drellich reported that the Players Association proposal included moves on arbitration eligibility and revenue sharing. Now, there's a difference between the arbitration eligibility and the pre-arb money that owners are willing to give to players. That's a different thing. Arbitration eligibility is when do the players want, when do the players and the owners, when can they agree on when a player can be deemed arbitration eligible, where the pre-arb money, that arbitration eligible players are already determined. The money that they can earn in bonuses is then determined. So those are the two differences between those two things. Um, and it seems like from the reporting afterwards, at least from Bob Nightingale saying that the pre-arb money, the bonus pool money, which is probably the second biggest thing that I think that they're discussing behind the luxury tax, wasn't even discussed. There was, or maybe it was discussed, but there was no movement on it. So it just makes, that's another big barrier that they still have to cross. Um, and so it's not great. It's not great when they're still not discussing, you know, the main things, all of the main things in the same day that need to be happening. Um, so it, it sucks at 5.02 Eastern time. So 2.02 Pacific, Night, Bob Nightingale tweeted that the owners had left for the day. Shortly after, there was news that came out about what the terms were, the money, all of that. Um, about a half hour later, Evan Drellich reported that today's meeting did not go well. Major League Baseball reacted badly to the player proposal. The players, in turn, were outraged. Uh, so that's not good. Players being outraged. The league reacting bad. So both sides unhappy, obviously. Players moved the competitive balance tax threshold by $2 million. So they compromised on that from being at, I believe, like 245 to around 243 uh, in three different years. So like it, it goes down by two years, I think. Um, is what he meant by that. Major League Baseball, though, increased by only $1 million. So instead of being at $214 million, which is what they were at, it would be at $215 million. So still the gap, at least from what I kind of you know, tried doing math on there, based on previous reporting from days and days and days earlier, is that there's still $28 million apart on that, that one issue. And that's the biggest issue still you know with the players and the league so 28 million dollars to compromise you put that in the middle that's both sides having to compromise 14 million dollars um uh, maybe it maybe it turns out that way maybe it doesn't but 14 million dollars both ways that seems really hard to do now in two days because that's what they have they're done negotiating for today on saturday they have sunday they have monday 
I heard that like 5 p.m. Monday, the deadline, but I think they'll just go through the night if that's what it takes. Um, again, I'd wish that they'd meet earlier than one o'clock in the afternoon or noon. Like there's 24 hours in a day. Like this is both of their, it's the players' jobs, the owners' jobs, player association lawyers, the league's lawyers, Marat Manford. It's their jobs right now to get a deal done. So to waste half of the day, essentially, that you're awake. Um, and the fact that they met at noon, but they didn't meet at noon. The players in the league, they had a two and a half hour meeting before they even met with each other to give each other their proposal. So that didn't make sense. So they're meeting for two and a half hours at the Jupiter facility, uh, the Cardinal and Marlins facility amongst themselves. Why can't they do that at 10 o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning so that when they get there at noon or one, they can just give the proposal to the league and you just give yourself more time. I mean, to be quite honest, I'm report I'm recording this right now. The time's three or four Pacific time and they could still be they're in Jupiter. So it's six o'clock. They could still be reporting. They could still be reporting different things, meeting, you know, one side meeting with the other side or meeting amongst themselves. But instead they're saying, no, we're going to shut it down. And now we're going to give ourselves even less time. It's only now Sunday, Monday to get a deal done when they're still over 20 million apart on the well over 20 million apart on the luxury tax. They didn't even discuss the pre-arb bonus full money, according to reports. Um, according, let's see, let's get into more news here. That's also bad. Uh, it was, it was reported to be a hostile meeting, the second meeting that they had today. Uh, and is that good news? Is it bad news? Maybe it's good news because the two sides are mad at each other. So maybe that brings out more emotion and more, you know, you want to get a deal done. Um, maybe the hostile meeting, the hostile part of it, you know, brings like more urgency uh, to the situation. But I don't even know if that's really like the case, to be quite honest, because a hostile meeting, okay, they have a hostile meeting and then they go home and then wait till the middle of the day to reconvene the next day. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of urgency in terms of the money. Uh, like I mentioned already, the players moved their competitive balance tax ask by $2 million. MLB increased it by $1 million to two fifteen, so they're still a part on that. Players Association dropped their arbitration eligibility expansion from 75% of players that they want to be arbitrate pre-arbitration eligible for the, uh, or not pre-arbitration, arbitration eligible from 75% of the players that are, or that aren't to 35%. So that's a significant drop, but the ML, uh, major league base, sorry. On Twitter, I always get mad at people for saying the MLB. So I'm not going to say the MLB and then just continue on. I'm going to stop myself. So Major League Baseball still, though, wants to have the competitive balance tax be 22% instead of trying to meet somewhere in the middle with the players, which is what the players did. I mean, they dropped it by 40% on the rate for arbitration eligible players that they want. While Major League Baseball is still just keeping it at 22% and anything over that is like a no-go it's not it's like they're not even going to discuss it which makes no sense that that makes no sense especially when they don't even want to discuss the pre-arbitration bonus pool money right now so 
Major League Baseball there isn't even budging. Um, and then what even, you know, quite frankly, pissed me off even more today was that the sides, according to Jesse Rogers, the sides went backwards on the lottery draft after making progress on Friday. So the whole big takeaway, if you remember, for anyone paying attention on Friday, yesterday, was that the two sides had started to come more to the middle on how many teams would be in the draft lottery, the draft lottery order, and that sort of stuff. Major League Baseball initially wanted, I think, three teams. The Players Association wanted eight. Uh, Players Association, the last time I saw, was at like seven. Maybe they got the five teams yesterday or something, and they just needed to hammer out more details on that. But then they'd go backwards because Major League Baseball, it looks like, they attached that draft lottery terms to having a 14-team expansion playoffs, and the players want 12. So whenever there's a step forward, there's a step back, literally. That's what's happening right now. There's a step backwards after the day before you have a step forward on a small issue. So they can't agree on anything, literally. Well, maybe one thing. Bob Nightingale did say today that they agreed on the number of times one player can be sent uh, down to the minor leagues, up and down uh, in a season to five. So Nabil Krismat's probably happy right now. but. That's not a major thing. No one cares about that. Really, no one cares about that as a fan, as, you know, the minor league players do, I guess, but no fan cares. They care about getting an agreement done, the luxury tax, the pre-R bonus pools, the major stuff. Um, even the draft lottery, probably more, because those got if you get in the draft lottery, you could get an Adley Rutschman or a game changer that might help your organization down the line. But it's just so frustrating that, you take a step forward and now you take a step back. You know, this isn't supposed to be a, a dance, you know, this is, but, but it's what they're doing. That's the facts. It, it's a dance to them and it's embarrassing. Let's, let's meet at one o'clock. Let's meet at noon. Let's waste a bunch of time in the morning. Then let's take two and a half hours to meet with each other. Uh, when we could have been doing that or nine at, or 10 o'clock in the morning. And then let's, you know, take a step back when we just, pretty almost it looked like agreed on something the day before let's take a step back on it because us greedy owners want to make it 14 teams and make it like the NBA where the play making the the playoffs making the regular season almost pointless let's just let everyone in no that's not how it should be in baseball I'm sorry it shouldn't you play 162 games you grind your butt off all these teams and now you're just going to hand playoff teams probably meaning teams with losing records or close to losing records make the playoffs. Sorry, that's not how it should go, um, unless that's how bad the league is that year and that one wildcard team or the two wildcard teams playing, you know, that's their record. But that shouldn't happen. There shouldn't be seven playoff teams in each, uh, you know, in each league. That just doesn't make sense. It's not, this, shouldn't, this should not turn into the NBA. It should not. I'm sorry. Um, so the owners, I don't understand that. Six playoff teams, okay. So that would mean that no one gets a bye then. If, if six playoff teams in each uh, league, so that evenly matchups three matchups, it's all wild card series. Is that how they, I think that's how they did in 2020? So I'm more for that um, and just letting one extra team in, you know, creating that additional matchup. But We'll see how that shapes up. Um, 
to be quite honest, I don't know why they can't just compromise and have 13 teams have the one seed, make the regular season matter even more, make the one seed the best division winner of each league, get a bye, and then they get to play uh, the worst remaining wild card winner. See how that happens, you know? And then you, you know, just move it on like regularly. Go to the divisional series after that. Um, so uh, I guess uh, thinking about it now, 13 teams. Well, 13 teams, that's not even. Duh. Sorry, my brain's a little mushed right now with all this information going on. But um, so it has to be an even number, obviously. Sorry, a little brain fart there. Um, but I personally would rather have 12 teams than 14 teams. Um, 14, that just, I don't get it. It shouldn't, half the league essentially should not be making the playoffs. The playoffs are supposed to be for the best teams. And I think when you're putting in half the league, some of those teams are not the best teams in the league. It's not. Um, But so that's the playoff situation. Doesn't seem like a whole lot of progress there, both sides. Especially the players. I can agree with the players in that stance that the players, I, I get what they're saying when the players are sticking at 12 teams, especially when the owners now are trying to put four, they really want to attach the 14 playoff teams to the draft lottery. Like, that's just stupid. Why are you doing that? You know, the only way it should be attached is when the whole CBA is agreed upon. It shouldn't be these, you know, just group these two things together. That doesn't make sense. Agree on everything. At some point, that's what's going to have to happen. If you want your jobs on both sides, you want the games to be played so the owners can have revenue and not play the minor league, pay the minor leaguers in spring training and have they bring that revenue in. That's a whole nother story for a different day. Talk to Kevin Copps on a recent episode for that. You can go watch or listen to that episode. And then if the players, they want to bring in revenue for themselves, meaning get paid, uh, they, they just need things to get done. And that's not really what's happening right now. Um, so I guess that's pretty much the latest. Again, those sides went backwards on that, on the lottery, the draft lottery. The Again, the sides did agree on one thing with the five minor leaguers. They're the five times one minor leaguer can be sent down. So that's, I guess, a start. But again, that's something that really fans don't really care about. So it, it's, again, this is the same thing that, We've pretty much been talking about, you know, the whole week is when are they going to make substantial progress on the competitive balance threshold tax with that number and then the pre arb bonus pool money? When are they going to make that big progress? The two sides did not make any new proposals on the pre arb bonus pool money. So that's a problem. That's something that didn't get resolved at all or any progress on that. And then in terms of the luxury tax, Really nothing happened there. It went from a $31 million gap between the two sides to like $28 million. So that's not enough. That's like, that's still like nothing that you're pretty much in the same spot as you were. The players aren't going to want that. They don't want it at two. They don't want only $5 million increase. They want it at 230. But then the owners don't want it at that much of an increase either because you got the Marlins, the Pirates of the world that don't want to have to, you know, say, you know, look even worse. Um, just teams, I guess the owners, they're trying to use it as some bargaining chip, I guess. Um, that's the 
So hostile meeting is pretty much, that's the point. That's, we've now got hostile meetings. You know, that's the title that I named this episode. The hostile meetings, like I mentioned earlier, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Could be a bad thing that the two sides get so butthurt that they just don't talk to one another. And I hope that doesn't happen. Or it could be a, a positive thing if you want to look at it glass half full, which uh, good for you if you want to do it that way because of how bad these talks have you know gotten this past week. And you want to look at it the glass half full way. Um, the hostile meetings, maybe players and owners really give their emotions and let out something that maybe they didn't want to, like what they'd be willing to concede to the other side or something. I don't know. I'm not in the room. I'm just a frustrated fan. Like I'm sure everyone is watching or listening to this podcast episode, which I appreciate again, by the way. So it's another disappointing day. Again, we have two more days now to get a deal done. My optimism level is continues to be lower and lower, especially when sides look like they make progress one day. And then the very next day they step back on that progress because the owners just are complete tool bags because they just want to attach two things to one another. Um, and then there's no movement on the main issues again. So we're just not really making a whole lot of progress. So before I let you go though, um, I'm excited, very excited to end this episode on a good note, introduce our first sponsor, I introduced it on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the show's first sponsor, Talking for Hours. I got in touch with this restaurant and it took a few weeks. Uh, they were really busy over you know, the holidays and all that, Labor Holiday, Labor Day and all that, Memorial Day, President's Day. Uh, but we got a deal done and I'm excited. Any Padres fans out there who go to Petco Park, they know exactly, they should know who this restaurant, this company is. And that is the Gaglione Brothers Famous Steaks and Subs. They have sections in uh, down the left field line, first, uh, yeah, down the third baseline, uh, field level right by the Valley Sports San Diego pregame postgame booth. They have one in the third deck um, down the first baseline. And I believe they have another only garlic fry stand, at least the last time I went there, which was a while back now because of all this lockout stuff. Um, right behind home plate, pretty much on field level, and it's pretty much a garlic fry stand. Um, but this is this is gonna this is a good great lunch or dinner idea. Gaglione Brothers. Speaking from personal experience, I'm a huge fan of their cheesesteaks with cheese whiz and garlic fries at Petco Park. Uh, as I have season tickets, that's one of my staple pregame meals before watching the Padres. What's great about Gaglione Brothers isn't just isn't just that they don't, you know, only decide to have locations at Petco Park. They're located in Point Loma uh, and Sports Arena as well. And you can go get yourself some garlic fries and a cheesesteak today. Uh, for the YouTube audience, podcast audience, you can look at the description below uh, to for the website link to view their few, their full menu um, and view where the location is. You can call them up, Joe Gaglione there and his family, the employees there, super nice. Uh, and in the future, he'd said that we'll have some, you know, future promotions where 
I can give out some, you know, free uh, sandwich cards and all that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, again, go to Gaglione Bros, get yourself garlic fries and a cheesesteak. Uh, really, really happy to partner with them. Uh, and hopefully we can continue this relationship for a while. So that's the episode today. Uh, episode 114. We've got hostile meetings now. Who knows where that takes us? We got two days left before the supposed deadline. And we'll see what happens. Till next time, stay safe. Go Padres. And have a good night. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Ben Fadden out. See ya.